The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kiekenfeld. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. It has been for a long time. I like that there are no gifts. I love that it's a day set aside to give thanks and practice gratitude, and I really enjoy spending the entire day with my family and friends. The day after Thanksgiving is also a day I look forward to because of the leftovers. I'm a sucker for a hot turkey sandwich as I start playing Christmas music and getting ready for the next holiday. A bit like the day after Thanksgiving, this is a bonus Thanksgiving leftovers episode. There were a couple of short stories we uncovered in putting together our Hope City episode last week that were just too good to not tell. I'll get to those stories in just a moment. But let's go back to the part of Thanksgiving that's about practicing gratitude. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know that at the end of each interview, I ask our guests, what is a self-care, spiritual, or mindfulness practice that you do that keeps you centered in your work? Gratitude is one way you could answer that question. I'm not sure how you would answer the question, but for me personally, I would say meditation or taking a daily walk or bike ride. I hope that each time you hear that question asked, you consider what your practice is or could be. The reason we ask this question on the podcast is that we believe that those seeking to make change in the city or in the world need to do their inner work so that they can be effective and sustainable. The organization that brings you this podcast, the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative, supports leaders in their spiritual lives so that they can be more sustainable in their work. Beginning this January, the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative is offering a Spirituality for Sustainability cohort designed to help leaders thrive in 2022. This cohort is designed to help participants grow a deeper understanding of spirituality, one that transcends vocation, to cultivate a life-giving community of practice, and develop generative, sustainable spiritual practices for life and work. That's a lot. In short, the cohort helps participants develop practices that keeps them centered in their work. We hope that you'll consider joining us for this cohort. If you sign up by December 1, you'll receive 10% off. And if you sign up with a friend, you'll both receive 25% off. For more information, go to www.anchorageutc.org cohort22. Now let's get at those Thanksgiving leftovers, those stories that didn't make it into last week's episode.
In our previous episode, we learned about Alexander King, the miner that touched off the Turingen Arm Gold Rush by discovering gold in the Hope area around 1890. King's story before he arrived in the Cook Inlet region and after he left were too good not to pass along. We noted in the previous episode that King had rowed his small boat from Kenai to the Hope area, some 100 miles, navigating the swift currents and drastic tide swings of turning an arm. He might have been able to do this because he had logged a great many miles of rowing before he arrived in Kenai. Born in Ohio, King first prospected in California in 1887, and then he turned north. King looked older than he was, and many took to calling him Dad due to his long white beard. Considered a loner by many, King traveled across Alaska and Canada solo over thousands of miles. His preferred method of travel was rowing his dory. One legendary trip saw him row from the Skagit River in Washington State to Skagway, Alaska, a distance of over 1,500 miles. While King's rowboat may have defined his life, or at least his travel, it was on another boat that his ultimate demise was determined. King left Hope to look for gold in the Klondike Gold Rush. During the summer of 1900, he was working on a river freighter for Captain Herbert Davenport on the Yukon River. He, along with two other men, Charles Everett and Lester Knopf, formed the crew. As the boat and crew traveled downriver on a run from Whitehorse to Dawson, King was out of sorts. He was agitated each time the boat ran aground, and groundings were common. The rest of the crew blew off King's complaining, chalking it up to him just being a grumpy old man. On the evening of July 18, the boat ran aground once again, and King exploded in rage. He found the captain and shot Davenport through the heart. The other two crew members were afraid that he might shoot them as well and told King that they would tell officials in Dawson that the shooting was accidental. They also convinced King to leave the body on board because it would make his story more believable. When the remaining trio landed the boat in Dawson, Everett and Nof reported the murder to law enforcement, and King confessed. On October 2, 1900, Alexander King, the miner who disappeared up Turnigan Arm in 1888 and came out two years later with four pokes of gold, disappeared from this world. He was hung for murder by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. just gets lost and I would search the wide world over for one proverb that is true but of all the roads I'll ever walk I just I can't tell Our second Thanksgiving leftover story is about another captain this time a Dutch captain named Gerhardus Brandt it's believed that Brandt was the captain of one of the many ships that brought miners and others to Hope and Sunrise during the Turnigan Gold Rush. While Alexander King rowed a rowboat to the goldfield, he was in the minority. The majority arrived on a ship of some kind. Not much is known about Brandt. He was born in the Netherlands, his father was a lieutenant in the Dutch Dragoons, and his mother was the daughter of a mayor of the town of Vec. He married, and he and his wife had a son and three daughters. He achieved the rank of captain 
and sailed merchant vessels between Holland and the Dutch East Indies, known today as the country of Indonesia. In 1892, he and his family immigrated to the United States and moved to California. By 1896, Brandt was in the Cook Inlet region. It's unclear what he was doing in the area. He may have been coming north hoping to find gold. It is more likely that he was at the helm of one of the boats that ferried passengers and cargo up Turnigan Arm from larger vessels anchored at Tyonic. Regardless of the details of why Brandt was in the Cook Inlet region, on May 11, 1896, Captain Brandt died aboard a ship in Turnigan Arm. His body was brought on shore, and he was buried just west of the mouth of Six Mile Creek near Sunrise, Alaska. A tree was used to mark the grave. It was slashed, and his name date of death, and the logo of the Masons, a square and a compass, carved into the tree. Sometime later, a tombstone was placed on the gravesite, but history does not record by whom. It's believed by many that the captain's widow or family had it sent to sunrise and placed atop the grave. This is where the story gets good. I stopped at the Hope and Sunrise Museum last summer, and the person working told me quite a tale. It seems that sometime in the 1970s, Captain Brandt's tombstone was stolen, but the thieves, tired of carrying it, left it on the side of the Hope Road. Someone found the stone, and seeing the Masons marking on it, brought it to the Masons' lodge in Anchorage. The tombstone lived there for decades till someone saw it and knew what it was. On October 2, 2005, after a trail was constructed and the gravesite restored, 62 people gathered at the gravesite for a Masonic memorial service. Captain Brandt's gravestone was laid to rest over the spot where the Dutch captain had been laid to rest 109 years earlier. And with all those lessons learned With the crazy long life that I lived already And the scars I earned I still can't seem to find But loving you just once was worth it, even if I, I can't have... So there you have it, a couple of Thanksgiving leftovers. We will have a Between the Seasons episode for Christmas, and a few others between now and the new season that will be coming next fall. Make sure to check out the Spirituality for Sustainability cohort at www.anchorageutc.org cohort22. Until next time, I'm Joel Kiekenfeld. Be good out there. The Anchored City Podcast is grateful for our partner this season, Kaladi Brothers Coffee. Kaladi's is a catalyst for community. Stop into one of their 17 cafes in Anchorage, across Alaska, and in Seattle, or check them out at kaladi.com. That's K-A-L-A-D-I dot com. We are also grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission, and a partnership with Street Psalms, both of which contribute to making this podcast possible. And we are grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and recommend us to your friends. You can support this podcast by selecting the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative at smile.amazon.com when you shop at Amazon so that when you make a purchase, Amazon donates to us. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. 
The Anchorage City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the head, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean a desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own Monica Lutner.